I'm making this new podcast called Finding the One. My name is Reese. I'm going to be the host of the show. Uh, we'll kind of talk about topics, stuff to look for when finding the one, maybe red flags that you didn't notice. You know, you have to self-reflect with yourself and realize what you want and see what you might want in a partner or a spouse or, you know, whether that be an arrangement of, hey, you do this and I'll do this for you. Whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it be a relationship of platonic friends, or whether it be you're looking for a spouse to spend the rest of your life with. So just some of the things you look for, some of the notes out there. I know I recently started listening to podcasts and I recently got into them and I felt like they were very beneficial because like when I don't know something, I look for a podcast because there's someone always that is smarter than you. So there's someone out there that has some information that you seek or that you could use or even if it's some information that you listen to and it might not directly affect you but you've heard something from a podcast that you could pass on to a friend who's going through it so I kind of just want to be that bridge for you Um, some of the things we talk about is for example would be like red flags uh, in dating Um, a lot of times everything's so instant so right now so with that being said uh, like with the tenders and POF and all these websites that they have to find you that perfect match, you know. But to be honest, the perfect match has to start with you being honest with yourself. You know, this is who I am as a person. Uh, this is what I need to feel loved. This is what I need to feel secure in life. This is what I look for in life. These are my negotiables. These are my non-negotiables. All these things are important. You can't go out there and say, hey, I'm going to throw a photo up and throw a quick little background and all this, and I'm going to just find the person. But, you know, I've been in that situation, so that's why I'm speaking on it and thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going here. I'm going to go on all these dates. And all the dates wind up being the same or all the relationships end the same because realistically you don't know yourself like for I'll give you an example uh, I remember I was in a relationship and I've always wanted kids I always wanted kids I always wanted a family the young lady was kind of on the fence she was like maybe you know we can have kids maybe not but I'm kind of focused driven on my career so I'm like okay cool but this young lady was older than me so I'm just like well when are we gonna start what are you thinking like give me like you know five-year planet right so five-year plan, you know, when we went to look at houses and we were just outside, every time I'd see a family, I'd be like, oh, what a cool family. What a, you know, dad was playing with his kid in the store. They playing hide-and-go-seek in the damn store. So for me, I was really excited about this. And it was hard for me to, like, hide my enjoyment of seeing this because it was something that I deep down really wanted. And when you deep down really want something, but your spouse is kind of on the fence with it, it can cause resentment, it can cause arguments, it can cause uh, those kind of things in a relationship. So with that being said, it came down to, we did have a clean break and we, we um, separated, you know, without issue, but it comes down to, you really have to know yourself. Like you really have to know what is your negotiables and what's your non-negotiables. If a non-negotiable is, having a family or having kids, then you shouldn't date girls who, or date women or men, whatever you're into, 
uh, that aren't really serious about having family. If they're not as serious about how you are with uh, the specific negotiable or non-negotiable, that could that could have saved you some time right there. Now, it doesn't mean they're less of a person. doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't like them. It just means you guys are on different wavelengths. It just means that you all are on different patterns and different goals and different uh, parts of your life, you know. That person is perfect for someone else. They're just not perfect for you because the things that you value or you put on a pedestal, they don't value or put on a pedestal. So they're just not a good fit for you. And you can't just make it fit. You know, you can, but then it only leads to resentment or hate or just outbreaks of, you know, really disgusting things. So I hope this uh, podcast interests you and I look forward to having more and more listeners chat, tune in to a future podcast. Welcome to episode one of the one. This is your host, Reese. This episode will be about red flags. Yes, red flags. All of us know what they are. You just have to learn them and realize what they could save you a lot of time, effort, and energy if you actually pay attention to what they are and you actually notice them ahead of time. It could save you money, time, effort, and heartache. So let's just dive into it right away. Why, why wait? Um, so some of the red flags that I've noticed for me that were kind of like, whoa, like this makes me nervous is someone controlling. Now I say someone controlling because I feel like I'm a very independent individual and I would date independent individuals. Uh, however, you know, I don't need you controlling my life of, Hey, um, it's 7:45. Don't you have to be at work in 10 minutes? Like by being an independent individual, it means that I want you in my life, but I don't need you in my life. So you micromanaging me or you trying to control every aspect of my life from the time I wake up to the time I'm at work to all the activities I do and then what time I go to bed and what I've ate and what I didn't eat. Like I'm not a child. I have a parent. I have two parents that love me and you're not one of them. So like controlling was always hard for me because it's just like, bro, like I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. Like we can link up at a later time in the day or in the week, but I don't need you to like, okay, what do I do now? I've always been very independent and never been codependent on anyone. So I didn't need anyone to control my thoughts, ideas, ideologies. And it told me a lot about yourself that you even wanted to control my thoughts, ideas, and ideologies. So that was always a big red flag for me and I always noticed it right away and no matter how much I thought the person was cool and dope or pretty or you know fun to be around if you had that controlling aspect it was a no for me uh insecure was huge you know insecure is huge and people don't understand how important insecure is because when it comes to being insecure it can real spiral really bad. Like for an example, I'm in the hospitality industry. So we do a lot of networking. Sometimes you network at work. Sometimes you go after work and network. Sometimes you're at events. 
So I don't need you checking me in public every time I'm having a conversation with someone. If we're for an example, I remember an event I went to. I took a young lady that I was going to potentially date to this event. Uh, This event was a a school event, for example. This was a school networking event, but it was a lot of um, people that were high up in the hospitality field who were directors, VPs, all that. So I never actually went to an event with this young lady. Mistake number one, people. So with this, uh, I'm talking to people now. It doesn't matter to me, race, gender, none of that matters. I only... I only um, judge people based on their individual character. So I'm not keeping track of who I'm talking to. I'm just talking to any and everybody because I'm looking at the end goal, which is I need to make a connection, make a network of people that can help me once I do get into my field. So that's what I, that was my main focus the whole time that I'm at this event. The young lady, I stepped away from her because I was talking to someone else or I noticed someone off into the side that I noticed and me, the way I am as a person, which is shame on me, I should have noticed that not everyone is going to is like you. So, for an example, when I'm in the room and I'm, let's say I'm with someone and I'm there plus one, I know how to work the room, even though I don't know anyone there. You know, you just have the normal conversations about things that's pressing for everyone. You can't be over there like in the corner or nervous. So what I wasn't paying attention to is while I'm trying to work the room, uh, she's at that time wasn't by my side. So I'm thinking, okay, she's cool. She's good. I looked over. She was having a cocktail. Everything's great, right? No. Uh, later, she pulls me to the side and say, well, you're too busy talking to this person and you talk to that lady for 40 minutes and you talk to this guy and then it seems like you talk to two more ladies and then I was noticing a pattern like she wasn't so pressed when I was talking to the guys like the the window of time didn't really matter when I was talking to the gentleman but the window of time mattered when I was talking to the ladies now mind you some of these ladies are married some of these ladies aren't interested we're not having inappropriate conversations this is all just like hey you know I think that where you're at right now is very impressive. I would someday love to be at that uh, at that avenue uh, 10, 15 years down the line. I mean, because these are like directors, VPs, presidents. So, I mean, of course, like I want to make a good impression. And you're so hung up on the fact that I'm spending time talking to the ladies that are executives. Like, to me, it wasn't, no, the body language wasn't inappropriate. There was no inappropriate gestures. There was no inappropriate conversations. So I offered, I said, you know what? This is a networking event, and this is what happens at networking event. We people, they pass around hors d'oeuvres. We have a little bite to eat. They pass around drinks. Everyone's kind of just networking, passing business cards. There's no kind of oh, I'm trying to hook up with this person, no uh, underlining message behind it. So we have a conversation about it. She's like, well, I just don't feel as comfortable with you, you know, speaking to so many women. Can you like maybe just talk to more guys? So I said, well, how about this? How about you stand next to me and we and you can listen in on the conversations and you can hear that they're genuine conversations. Like there's no kind of... Um, anything going on so she does but then 
you know, even still, it's an odd situation because they're like, oh, who's this? And I'm like, this is my friend. And at that time, this young lady wasn't uh, in the hospitality field. She was in a completely other field. But she was acting as if she didn't even know how to engage with the individual. So, like, you know, we're having a conversation, dialogue, just the two of us. And then every once in a while, we try to chime her into the conversation or include you so you don't just feel stupid just standing there. And then she is so hung up on you know, how long these conversations and interactions are lasting, that she's not even paying attention to the fact that we're keep trying to bring you in on the conversation. And you're just like, uh-huh, yeah. And it's just like, okay. So fast forwarding the story, I took the young lady home. We're having a conversation. Of course, she's living. I told you about this and you left me several times. And like, what kind of event is this? And I told her, I said, this is a networking event for school. I'm here to make networking connections. I'm trying to move up in the industry. I'll be graduating soon. Like, this is what I'm here for, you know? And and you were like, oh yeah, sure. I'll get dressed up and go with you. That sounds fun. That sounds cool. I said, hey, they'll have some appetizers. They'll have some drinks. If we're hungry after, we can definitely go get food because I appreciate you being my plus one. And everything was cool. But until you get in that moment with that individual is when you realize, whoa, you're insecure. Like the deep rooted thing is you're insecure. Like, because there was no advances of of sexual in any way. There was no talk of sexual in any way. You're just insecure that I'm speaking to another woman. Like, and even this is in one of the scenes that you can't, there's no kind of inappropriateness at all. Like there's nothing you could be like, well, you kissed her or you hugged her. None of that's going on. The most I did is pass the business card. She gave me her business card. I added her on LinkedIn, added a couple people on LinkedIn, whether they male, female, didn't matter. So that was a moment in time where I realized that I can't have someone that's insecure in my life. I can't have someone that's not confident in who they are as a person and confident in what we have and our bond and what we have going on. So if you are unconfident in yourself and you're unconfident in that your spouse could like you for you and love you for you or want to be with you for you, then you're not quite the person for me. So insecure was a huge red flag for me. And I definitely had to get away from that. So when I noticed the signs of someone being insecure or another example would be, uh, I'll never forget a time where I was on the phone texting. Now, I mean, I get it. You know, this is a popular lingo for males and females who are insecure. They'll go, who you texting? You texting a nigga? You texting a female? Like, and it's like, no, it's, it's not even at that time. Like, at that point in time, I was just texting my mom. Like, she hit me with a nice little article. She always sends me little articles to read or little videos to watch. Uh, and I was like, hey, you know, I'll check it out later. A little busy. Like, some little quick texts like that. It wasn't like we're having, like, long paragraphs. You know, it was just like, hey, thanks for sharing. Or like a thumbs up emoji, something. I'm not sure the exacts of what it was, but it was something like that. And then I showed the individual like, oh yeah, my mom sent me this. This was pretty cool. You know, we're busy. You know, we're out right now, so I'll check it out later. But I just didn't want her to think that I'm ignoring her. And I show her, and then she's like, oh, well it better be. You know, it better not be no woman. And I'm just like, is this a real moment? Like, first off, we're dating. We're not even together. 
we're considering being together, but we're still in the dating stages. I'm getting to know you, you're getting to know me. So now I know all that I need to know. Um, I think another red flag for me is people who are codependent. Codependency is the worst because as an independent individual, like I don't want to know every single thing you're doing at every single second of the day. I will never forget I dated someone who was like send you a good morning text cool i understand cool hey good morning good morning hey then uh less than 10 minutes later so what you doing now i'm getting up getting in the shower then i'm brush my teeth and you know start off with my day cool then it's so are you coming to see me soon i'm like well i mean i had other plans today but Depending on how those plans go, I could definitely try to squeeze you in. Or if you do want to run some of these errands, it's kind of a day. Like for me, I try to have a day where you just chill. And then another day, I try to be productive. So either it's a productive day or a chill day. So if it's a productive day, I get up. I have a list of stuff that I want to knock out and get done for the day. But as long as I knock out those things on the list, I don't mind what I do after. But the top priority is hit it, finishing the list. So she's like, oh, well, you know, I could go with you or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, could you be ready in an hour? Because, like, I mean, I'm really not. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to, like, work with you as far as you want to see me. You want to spend time with me. However, you do have to respect that I have things that I want to do and I want to get done. And if you're okay with that and if you're okay with being a part of that, then you can join in. But you also can't slow me down to the point where I can't get these things done. So she was like, yeah, you know, I'll be ready now or whatever. So go pick her up. She's not ready. I was like, hey, remember I thought we were going to be ready in an hour. Like it took me like 30 minutes to get to your house. And I waited like, you know, by the time I got dressed and ready, uh, that was about 30 minutes. And then I took the 30 minute drive. So we're kind of like at the hour mark. Like, you think you'll be ready soon? Well, why are you rushing me? Like, you know, you came in exactly an hour. You know, that means like an hour and a half. And I'm just like, bro, like, this is why I just wanted to go and knock out these things. Because essentially I wasted 30 minutes. And now you're saying another 30 minutes before you get dressed. So I essentially wasted an hour of my time trying to include you in. So you didn't feel left out. So you didn't feel like you don't ever get to do anything with me or spend time with me. And you still did it anyway. You still just went ahead and um, wasted my time. So 30 minutes goes past. She's finally ready. Cool. So she's like, well, what do we have on our agenda today? Our agenda. I don't know how my agenda became your agenda, but okay. So I told her it was just simple things. Like I think it was, I'm going to just make some stuff up just to give you an example because it's not really the point of the story. But uh, haircut. Uh, grocery store run, uh, walk the dog, take the dog to the park, and um, it was like four things. And oh, get my clothes out of the dry cleaners. I was like, you know what? I put the dry cleaners one last because it's like I know they close at like six and it's not a top priority. Like, if not, I can always get it tomorrow, but I would like to get it done today just because then tomorrow I can have a chill day. I don't have to get up and do much of anything. So she was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, we're, we're at the uh, haircut. We're going to get the haircut. And, you know, I'm, you're sitting there waiting for me to get my haircut. I'm getting my haircut. 
I'm having interaction with my um, barber and you're like, you're like, hey, babe, hey, babe, did you see that thing I sent you? And I mean, I'm mid-sentence talking to my barber. And you're like, hey, babe, hey, babe, did you see, did you see what I sent you? So I'm just like, uh, no, because uh, you, you can see that I haven't seen what you sent me because you're sitting here while I'm getting my hair cut. And I'm sitting here getting my haircut. So you know I haven't reached in my pocket. I haven't reached inside my phone. I haven't looked on my Apple Watch. Like, none of that has happened. So you interrupting our conversation to say that, that means you need attention. I get it. Because you're codependent. However, comma, like for this little, what, 15 to 30 minute window of me getting my haircut, I'm catching up with my barber. For me, personally, I don't get my haircut every week. I get a haircut every two weeks. So, like, I'm catching up on what's going on with their life, what's new in my life, you know, sports, whatever it is we're catching up on, we're catching up on, because we or maybe a continuation of the conversation we had the last time I got my haircut. Like, it'd be a number of things. So, like, this is my, like, time. This is why I didn't want to bring you, because this is my time to catch up with, you know, my barber. So they're like, oh, well, no, I, I didn't check it. But as soon as I get out of the chair, I'll check it. You know, I'm sure it was something good. And I try to play it off like that. <sighs> I'm talking to the barber still. Getting my hair cut. We're working on my lining now. And they're like, well, I'm hungry, babe. Okay. Well, uh, we can definitely get food. You think about or research, look on your phone. So I try to like, okay, I'm going to give her a task. Because then if I give you a task that'll stop you from like asking a whole bunch of questions and just kind of spend that time looking for the task and trying to figure out the task. So then that'll help you, uh, you know, kind of just pass time on your side while I finish getting my haircut. So I say, yeah, why don't you get online? Uh, The plate, we're probably going to go over to uh, this side of town and find something to eat over there because like our next stop is on the other side of town all right cool so thought that would be like okay cool like i gave you an area a general area where we're gonna be so you want to sit down or you want to um go through a drive-thru i'm open to whatever you want to eat and whatever you want to (sighs) do okay um so, what kind of food you want to eat? So, I have to take a deep breath because I know sometimes I can be a little ugly and say, I just said whatever you would like to eat. So, I calmly say, you know, whatever you have a taste for is fine with me. At this point, I'm not super hungry. Like, I can eat something. But, you know, I'm not, like, hungry, hungry. Like, it's still early in the day and I usually don't eat breakfast. But, you know, maybe I'll just grab something real quick, you know, off the menu, wherever you choose. She's like, well, why are we going to eat if, you, if you're not super hungry? And I said, well, um, you said you were hungry. So I wanted to make sure you were hungry so you weren't, you know, crabby and angry. Because, you know, for me, I know when I get hungry, I get real angry and crabby. So I don't want you to get hangry. She's like, all right, all right, that makes sense. So finish their interaction with my barber. Cool. We go to the next outlet. Uh, that went a little smoother. Then we go get food. And, you know, um, we wind up picking a drive through Let's just say... Uh, I don't remember what restaurant, but I remember the interaction. So I'm on the, 
thing. I'm like, hey, you know, what do you want to eat? She's looking on the menu. I'm looking on the menu. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll just get like uh, some fries. I think we were at like McDonald's. And I was just like, oh, I'll just get some fries. And then she get fries. And then um, she gets a meal or whatever. So we go up to the first window, pay the money, whatever. And then we get to the second window. And the second window I get to, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of thirsty. And it, does, it, it doesn't make sense to get fries and not have something to drink. So I was like, well, let me get a sweet tea or something like that. So I was like, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I knock on the window, like, because, you know, they had already uh, gave us our food. And I knocked on the window and I said, I apologize. Uh, you know, I understand, you know, I just want to get, like, add a sweet tea. Here's my car. And it was like, uh, and then she had a fit with that, like, oh, why are you knocking on the window? I was like, well, I just said I want to get something to drink. And it doesn't make sense for me to drive all the way around. You just knocking on the window because the girl that gave us our food is bad or, you know, pretty or whatever she said. And I was just like, no, I, I kind of didn't pay any attention to her. I, I had this conversation with you that I wanted to get something to drink. I didn't see the point of leaving the line, going around, getting back in the line to order a sweet tea. When I'm right here, they could actually make the sweet tea and then charge my car wherever they charge it. No, nah, no, nah, it's just because she bad. I was like, no, nah, it's really not, but okay, I'll just let it go. So I get my sweet tea, and I say, well, thank you. I appreciate you uh, for look, doing that for me. And it's like, oh, you extra. Why you got to do all that? Just take your car back. Why you sitting there? And I'm just like, no, nah, it's, it's really not. You know, I was just, I was just saying thank you because I know I worked in the industry myself, and I understand how, like, when people try to add on orders at the last minute, it can really slow you down. I mean, in this case, I just ordered a drink so it's just nothing more than pressing the button and the, and the drink goes into the cup but sometimes what used to be the biggest pet peeve when I was on that side of the fence was somebody who wanted to add this big order on top of an order they just made like oh yeah by the way I want to add six cheeseburgers it's like no you need to go around because now I got are you holding up all the food that I have behind you because now I got these guys in the back rushing to make six cheeseburgers so you know I was just saying hey thank you I appreciate it had a problem with that so I'm just like oh you know I'll uh, park the car and I'll go in and get my um, clothes out the cleaners like I got a couple items in here so I'm just gonna um, unlock the trunk so I could just put them all in the trunk oh I can help you okay cool that's cool now mind you when I go into the cleaners I knew this individual would have a problem and I knew her codependency slash insecureness would really show at this outing. Now, why is it? I had started to form a relationship with one of the ladies at the um, at the cleaners. Now, mind you, this is a clean. It's nothing sexual. Nothing like we didn't switch numbers. We didn't hang out. It was just a hey. I see you all the time. I appreciate you taking care of it you know, taking care of it. Cause I, one time I had an issue. I had all started with one time I had an issue with one of my suits and I was like, Hey, you know, I usually, you guys do such a great job. I told her, I was like, usually you guys do such a great job. But I remember one time, uh, in the morning I went to put on my suit and both of the buttons were broke. And I was like, it couldn't be me because I remember like I just took it out of the plastic and was about to put it on. But I was in a rush that day, so I didn't really have time to, like, take it over there and show it to them. So, like, I had to do it on my off day. So what I did, or later that day, I think I did it later that day. 
So what I did is I picked on another suit and I took that suit and put it in the trunk with the in the wrapping. And then after work, I showed it to him like, hey, I went to put on my suit this morning. The buttons are broke. Like, you know, I'm not super mad or anything, but can you guys just like fix the buttons? Because it wasn't like that before. And I was like, yeah. And this lady was there at that time. And she was like, yeah, no problem. You know, I apologize that we didn't like look it over. And I just really appreciated the customer service that I received from this individual because usually it's like, you know, especially when people work that kind of job or these low paying jobs, it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. And they take your stuff and go. But in this case, she was very, very hospitable. She was very like, oh, you know, I apologize. I know how frustrating that could be because you're getting ready for work. And luckily, you know, you had your other suits. But, you know, what if you this was your only suit? And I was like, yeah, I understand. You know, mistakes happen. I get it. You guys did a great job on all the other ones. I just want to get this one fixed. So, like, from that from that uh, guest recovery, uh, moving forward, like, I always, like, when I would see her, I would speak, hey, how's things? Uh, you know, how's the kids? You know, how she had a, a boyfriend. She had a daughter with this uh, young man. And, you know, we talked about sports. You know, you see somebody every single time you go in, you start to form a just an organic relationship with them. It doesn't mean that, hey, I want to sleep with this person or, hey, I want to uh, take it further. It was just a, hey, I don't even know the young lady's name. I couldn't tell you to this day what her name is. But it's just like you see the person be like, oh, hey, how's the family? It's just a natural reaction because you started to form a relationship with this person. So I was hoping in the back of my mind that this young lady wasn't there because I was just like, fuck, if she's there, now there's going to be another conversation. So we go in and she's there. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, did you see the game? Because I told her, you know, I was, we were talking about sports. And she said her boyfriend was trying to get her into sports betting and she didn't understand the difference of a betting on the thing and betting on this and what's a money line and what's a six teamer and a five teamer. And we had kind of talked about that for like maybe 10, 15 minutes the last time I picked up my stuff. So she's kind of like, you know, obviously, like I said, with the other interaction, we're revisiting the conversation we had from 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 previous. So she's like, yeah. You know, I put in a six-teamer that first week when we talked, and nothing happened, but then I put in a three-teamer, and all three of them hit. I mean, I barely hit, but it was nice to finally win money. And she's just blah, 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 you know, like she would if I came in any other time. And we had a conversation, and the girl is just looking at me like, what? You sleeping with the lady? I'm like, bro, this is not that. Like, you know, so... It's just someone. So I was like, you know, can we talk about this in the car? And because I could tell, like I could feel her bubbling and I could feel her just getting antsy. So what I did is like, yeah, I'm here to pick up my stuff. Uh, Here's the car. And as she's taking the car to swipe it, I'm handing uh, items to this young lady so she can start putting it in the trunk and I start putting it in the trunk. So as I'm putting stuff in the trunk, she's putting stuff in the trunk. I could just tell because it's dead silence. Like she is hot get my car back, sign the receipt, and I'm moving on. So we get in the car. She's like, well, what is that about? Like, why is this, you know, why is this uh, happening? Like, what, what, what's going on with you and her? You sleeping with her? You messing with her? Y'all dated in the past? I'm like, none of that, none of the above. She has a young child. She has a boyfriend. Uh, our last conversation that we talked about 
was sports. We were talking about sports. I came one day and I was just like, man, my my team really won or my team lost or whatever it is that struck up the conversation originally. And from there, every time I see it, we talk about how her team's doing, how my team's doing, and we kind of just, you know, just a just a base of what we're talking about. Nah, 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 you got to be messing with her. She pretty and all that. And I'm just like, bro, it's everybody's not like that. And then after that, like when I dropped her off that day, I was never so mentally drained with the activities that I had to do than I was that day. Because the whole day, I'm trying to explain, I'm trying to fight, I'm trying to stand up for myself. Because every little incident, every little anything is, who's that? And what you doing? And why is this? And why is that? And it's just like, wow, like this can't be life. Like, who would want to spend the rest of their life explaining to someone who's insecure? Like every, any incident, whether it's in your control or out of your control, you have to explain to this individual that's insecure, hey, this happened or that happened and this is why. Like that's just mentally draining. It's mentally draining. It makes you not want to do anything but sit in the house with that individual. You know, you can't even order food because if a woman comes and delivers it, it's, oh, so you got females that deliver to you? I ain't never had no man deliver to me. It's just like all the extraness. Like, it's not that serious. So for me, it was very interesting. And that was like a telltale. After that day, I was like, okay, I can't date anyone insecure. And I can't date anyone codependent who just has to be up under me 24-7 and doesn't like even get the stuff done that they need to get done in their life because they're so involved in what I'm doing in my life. Um, can't date anyone controlling. And then I think the one of my top ones is not ambitious. Um, for me, I'm very ambitious, a very ambitious young man. I mean, I've from the day I was a young kid, I remember my first job was washing cars. I was like eight and my dad had a friend who owned a car wash and the guy was like hey if you wipe down the cars uh if you wipe down the cars uh i'll pay you and i'll make sure people tip you so i'm wiping down cars i'm wiping down the rooms you know i worked that job for quite a while saved up enough money to buy my first car and i've just always had that ambitious drive i looked at i've always looked at my situation and if i wasn't happy or content with my situation always figured out how I can make my situation better. Like, what can I do? Can What hustle can I do? What, Which way can I do to make money legally and stay out of jail and stay out of getting in trouble? So for me, it was it's, it's attractive when you have another individual that's just as ambitious, just as go-getterness as you are. But if they're not as ambitious or they're not as go-getter and they're not... They don't have that willingness to get up and go. You know, I was in a situation where I thought, okay, hey, maybe you just need a support system. This individual was very nice, good with people, but they just didn't have the internal drive in them. And what I mean by the internal drive, like, you know, I filled out like, I remember one time I was dating someone, I filled out like 30 applications for someone else. Like, this ain't even for me. This is for a spouse. Filled out 30 applications for a girlfriend. She maybe got five calls, let's say, hypothetically. I don't know the exact amount because this was a while ago. But out of the five calls, she probably only returned two of them. 
And out of the two interviews she had, she only went to one of them. And I'm just like, bro, you had three other people that you didn't even have the decency of calling back and saying, hey, you know what, the pay's too low. Because I remember one time she was saying like, oh, they left a voicemail and they would offer me a position off the spot. But they said they paid $8 and I ain't ain't doing nothing for $8. Now, mind you, I, I haven't made under $10 since I was a teen. Like, a teen was the last... Like, since I was a teen, I've I've asked for double figures. Like, you got to give me 12, 13, you know, that kind of numbers. I'm not taking 950, 875. You know, these are numbers you give kids while they're in high school. These aren't numbers that you take as an adult. So I'm just like, hey, you know, I get what you're saying, and I understand that. But I told him, like, it's so much easier to find a job when you have a job. It's so much harder to find a job when you don't have a job because the bills just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And if you're paying real bills, stuff adds up quick. Like a $100 phone bill seems like it's nothing, but it's nothing when you have a job. It's a $100 phone bill comes, boom, $100, you just paid, oh, there's another $100. Before you look up, you're three months in the hole and they're cutting off your service and you need $300 for the phone bill the reactivation fee and they might have even put a deposit on depending on how many times you've had your phone cut off just so in the future they could take the money from your deposit and not cut off your line so uh i was trying to go through her with this and she was just like yeah that's cool and all but i don't want to do it so the interview she after a lot of arguing and fighting and pushing she wind up taking the job it's not the money I want. And the thing that I love my people and I always be proud African-American. However, sometimes our pride is so high that we won't even accept a position because it's like, well, I could I could uh, braid hair. Like her, her thing was, I could do hair and make more money than that. You could. And I'm not saying you can't. But I'm saying this is a steady income. Like if you go in, you're going to get paid. As long as you work the days and clock in, clock out, you'll get paid. They have to legally pay you. Now, why not get maybe three, four hundred every two weeks out of them? And then you could do hair on the side. You can do hair at night. You can do hair on your off days. You might meet people at the job that need their hair done. You know, you can use this as just a stepping stone until you get another position you would like that makes more money or something but you can't rely on just hair hair is great and it's nice but anybody in the hair game or nail game they'll let you know people are flakes a lot of people aren't loyal to their individual stylists because they're just not loyal sometimes life stuff happens in women's lives where they can't you know they have to decide okay do i buy my kids shoes and clothes because they need it or do I give you 300 for hair? So then they pick buy my kids shoes and clothes. And now the 300 that you were relying on and like, oh, okay, I'm going to pay this bill, this bill, that bill. She's telling you a sad story on, hey, girl, I had to get you next month because my kids is going back to school and they need this, this, this. Most people are always going to pick their kids over their self. So that's an understandable thing. You can't be mad at her because she had the money and she now her situation's changed. And now she doesn't have the money to pay you because you're counting money that you don't even have in your pocket yet. You can't be upset that you're spending money that you don't have, but you see six people on your books. So you're thinking that that's that. But because people might 
flake on you because they have life situations going on. People might go to somebody else because they don't think you're professional enough. People might wind up going to someone cheaper because they can't afford the prices you're charging. And I went through all these things with her and I'm just like, you know, this is, these are real things. Like these aren't like, um, I'm not making this stuff up. This is how people rationalize, okay, so you want 300, but why am I paying her 300 when my cousin will do it for 180? I get her 180, I keep 120 in my pocket. Yeah, I like her work better than my cousins, but my cousin's charging me less and I can afford it and I can use that 120 for something else, a nice dress or whatever it is she wants to use it for. So I was trying to explain to her like, yeah, it's nice to have the money and it's nice to be able to be a stylist and do these things. But the overall thing is that you can't rely on that kind of money. Barbers, beautician, nail techs, anything in like that kind of customer service base like that, where you're independent contractor or you're independently working for yourself, it's not guaranteed money. It's no different than being a Lyft or Uber driver. All these are like based on the times, based on if money's flowing in the world, in the U.S., and people are having jobs and making money and earning bonuses and moving up in companies, money's good. It's flowing. It's great. But if, you know, there's a recession or, in our example, coronavirus or other stuff that put people out of work and closed up big, big, um, big corporations as well as mom and pops, then, yeah, these are things that affect the ecosystem. They affect, hey, girl, I probably ain't get my head done for two months. Now, that money that you were relying on, that 300 that you were getting every rip, every time they come, is now coming every three months, or once a quarter, or once a year. Because they can't afford to get their hair done but for their birthday or a big celebration. So I was trying to name this, and she was just like, well then I just get more clients. And in theory that, okay, I get it, I understand. You know, if the people who you have can't afford you, then maybe you need to find more clients. But realistically, you have to have more gumption and move and through. Like, hey, I wanna do hair, this is hair, something I wanna do. However, I'ma have a hustle here, and I'ma have a hustle here, and maybe I could sell hair. Like, maybe I can't, like, maybe they don't have the money for the actual service, but maybe I can sell them a bundle and they could do this. Or maybe I could sell a quick weave or a wig. You know, I'm trying to broaden her horizon on things that I'm literally doing research because I don't know much about it other than, you know, dating women that have wigs and hair and stuff like that. So I'm doing research to try to help her and she's still just like, well, it is what it is. You know, I'll figure out something. So she works a little cashier job. She likes it because She's working in food and beverage, and in food and beverage, most food and beverage places let you either get a free lunch or a discounted lunch. You know, you get a little break, you get to eat. You know, if you're cool with the cooks, a lot of times you get free food anyway. Going out the back door, everybody knows that. Anyone who's worked in a restaurant, you always eat good. You never even need to buy groceries because you're always eating. So that's cool. However, comma... You know, you, so I'm like, okay, you've been a cashier for a little while. Like, what else you want to do? Like, do you, have you been looking at other places? Well, it's cool. You know, it's laid back. My own, the owner don't give a damn. He not there half the time. We be on our phones. Like, you're looking so small-minded. You're not looking at the big picture of, okay, 
what do I want to do? So far, I've been a cashier for six months. I haven't got a raise. I haven't uh, asked to train in any other department or any learn any other thing. I haven't asked about moving up. I haven't checked on, you know, what the owner's plans is. Is he going to buy another restaurant? Is, this, is he going to just uh, stay at this one restaurant? Like, what, what is the, what's the end game? Like, because you became comfortable and you just settle for this is all I want. But then when you come home or we have conversations, the conversations you're having is, I ain't making enough money. They don't pay me shit. You know, they lazy. They this, they that. And it's like, well, what kind of, excuse my language, what kind of employee are you expecting at $9 an hour? Um, what kind of employee is going to give their all at $9 an hour? That's li- essentially a high school job, maybe a little college job if you have like small bills. Because I mean, at $9 an hour, how, how many bills are you paying with that little bit of money? You'd have to almost work 60 hour weeks to be able to afford all your, all your, all your bills. You know, so I was telling her, like, this is kind of like a high school job and, you know, you got real bills. And luckily enough, you're living with people or you have a roommate, so you're good. But, you know, essentially, if your roommate left, you'd be screwed. So it was like, well, yeah, I get it. I understand. You know, I um, just it's just a lot going on right now. And I'm like, trust me, I understand. I understand, I get it, but, you know, so it it was just, after a while of dating this person and just stepping outside and kind of just seeing from the outside, looking in what's going on, they were fine with this comfortability. They were fine with just being just okay or not having enough or always struggling, going check for check. They didn't have that get up and go drive. They didn't have that ambition that fire in their belly to make something happen or make something shake out of nothing you know I I grew up with um, a father who anyone who's ever met my father he is the biggest hustler like I still try to match his energy to this day uh, I mean you talk to my granny she'll tell you he was bringing a wagon down you know this is back in the day short story he'd have a, he had a red wagon he would help people move their groceries from who didn't have cars move take their groceries from the grocery store put it on his red wagon walk down the street carried it to their house put it on their you know doorstep for them and then they would you know give them tip dollar two dollar whatever you know this is I don't know, 50s, 60s, I don't know what era this was, but this was years ago, uh, and these people are walking their store, and you know, you do a couple of those runs, maybe you have 10, 20 bucks. Now, mind you, my dad lived in an era where uh, gas is 25 cents, so <laughs> 20 bucks, you're, you're basically rich, because you can fill up your tank on F, <laughs> and you can go out, because I'm sure food, you know, he was, he was complaining the other day, like, White Castle's so expensive. And I'm like, bro, White Castle is like, White Castle ain't 15 cent no more, 10 cent or whatever the hell it was when y'all was around. White Castle didn't moved up. Like, White Castle almost a dollar a burger. And these is little burgers. The burgers ain't got no bigger. The ingredients ain't got no better. And it's now a dollar. So, you know, it's just funny to see how things translate and correlate. But the point of the story is a lot of my ambition came from him and came from my parents and how they 
always were like chasing the next thing and trying to make a better way because of how they grew up. He grew up in a household, a big family where it wasn't a lot of extras. So he went out there and made money for himself so he could provide for himself and do for himself. And and that'd be one less mouth they had to feed and one less responsibility they had to take care of because he was smart enough to see, okay, I see my situation, how can I fix it? My mom was the only child, but she also uh, was a very ambitious. She wanted more for herself, didn't have a lot growing up, and wanted to make more out of herself and wanted to uh, accomplish bigger things. And that's the point of life. Like Everybody wants to uh, have their kids to have a better life than they have. Like, that should be the automatic, like, as a parent, I want my kids to have a better life than I had. And I had a great life, you know. I had no complaints. We were a middle-class family. You know, I I understood money. I appreciated money. I appreciated nice things, but I knew how hard my parents worked to get them. And I knew how much sacrifice it took to have these things. So I was never, like, a spoiled brat. I never, like complained or cried if I didn't get this like of course I had a Christmas list but if I didn't get it that Christmas it wasn't like the end of the world I wasn't sitting in my room pouting like some of these kids are you know obviously I wasn't getting the iPhone for Christmas you know at seven um, iPhones wasn't around but like that's the new era like oh well I need the Pro Max 11 like here I am with the job and I got a uh, iPhone 8, I've upgraded since then, but just an example. I got an iPhone 8, and these kids are asking for $1,200, $1,300, $1,500 phones. And they don't understand how $1,200, $1,500 ain't just laying on the floor. You can't just, like, pick it up like, ooh, there's a $1,500 bill on the ground. Like, no, like, you have to actually work. You have to actually try to earn the money. So it's it's just very interesting um, as far as that goes. So ambition is always huge to me. It's always... Um, it's been instilled in me because I saw it in my household. I saw that both of my parents had it. So I don't think it's just a man thing or a woman thing. Uh, I just knew that my counterpart would have to be equally as ambitious. You know, you know, and I feel like if you were even more ambitious than me, it would drive me to be just as ambitious. Like, you know, not saying it's a competition, but kind of like a competition. But at the end of the day, all the money's coming into the same household. So it doesn't matter, but it's just nice to have that person that pushes you. Uh, And I think one of the final things for me was financial savvy. Um, I kind of started looking at partners and how they spend their money. Now, mind you, everybody makes different amounts. Everybody has different bills. But there's certain things you notice, you know, when you talk to people and they go, hey, you know, uh, I have enough money. For, I'll give you an example. I'll never forget this example. Uh, I talked to a friend and they were saying, oh, I don't have enough money for uh, this bill. And I, let's just say it was like the light bill. It was like important bill. So it was like a light bill and a water bill, for example. Right. Those two bills. And I was like, dang, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to figure it out because obviously you've had money in the past. Like because you've had you've always had a job. So like what changed? Like. I like so I was like did you like did they cut your hours at work it's like nah did you leave work early sick it's like nah you know I was like and I'm sitting there trying to like process like what has changed in your life that's got it so where you know you can now not pay these bills and it was like well um 
I I got my hair done a couple of days ago and I really like it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, how was your hair? Like, do you like the hairstyle? Do you? Yeah, it was nice. But, you know, between the hair and the little service charge and she charged to blow it out and wash it and blow dry it, that girl charged me like 600 And I dropped the phone. And she was like, hello? Hello? And I was like, yeah, um, I think there's like some kind of connection issue because you just told me that you spent 600 Oh, yeah, I spent 600 Like, I got my hair uh, shipped to me, and it was real nice. I had to get three bundles, and uh, Shorty took out my old hair and washed and blow-dried it and flat-ironed it, and then she braided it up and put my new hair and look at it. You know, she's showing me pictures and all this, and I'm just like... So let's see here. We're having a conversation on why you don't have your light bill money and your water bill money, but you spent $600 on your hair. I don't know what your water bill and light bill is, but I would assume that with that $600, you could have paid both of those bills and had change. You decided to make an irresponsible decision and get the most expensive hairstyle possible. Now, mind you, that doesn't mean as a woman you shouldn't get your hair done. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, take care of yourself. I understand a woman's upkeep is always top priority. Women always want to have their hair done, their makeup looking nice, and they always want to have their nails and feet done. Like, I get it. I understand that. I'm not knocking any women, so please, women, do not take that as as an offensive thing. All I'm saying is, well, maybe you should have got a lesser brand of hair. Instead of getting whatever the top brand is, maybe get the mid-level one. You know, I'm not expecting you get the $10 yak. Of course not. Like, I've been down that road. I understand. I had a woman break it down. There's levels to hair. I get it. But maybe you should say, hey, you know, I got a light bill coming due and a water bill coming due. Maybe I should just pay those first. And with the money I have left, I can figure out a hairstyle that I can manage with this 300 400 whatever, however much money's left. But you seem to see that, oh, yeah, I'm all excited about my hair and everything's cool. But you don't see what I'm seeing as a person. Like as what I'm seeing on the outside looking in is you have money management issues. You know, now there's nothing wrong. Let me tell you right now, there is nothing wrong with going to work, working hard and treating yourself from time to time. However, you have to pay your bills first. Your bills are the most important. You know, now don't mind, don't don't let me say, act like I haven't given somebody something on a bill. I've always given somebody something on a bill. I've never not totally paid a bill. And I, sometimes you just don't have the whole thing. So you give them something, you work out some kind of payment, and they tax some late fee on there. And, you know, you do what you got to do. But you're saying that you don't have any money to put. And then when you're reaching out to me asking for a loan, Now I'm looking at you different because it's like you had the money, you earned the money and you spent it on what you wanted to do. And now I have to pull money from what I want to do, whether it be like just my spending money or whether it be a bill money or whether it be savings money. I have to dig in one of those three accounts to help you out as a friend with what you got going on. And is that fair to me? And then, okay, even if I do that, how long will it take for me to recoup my money? Am I getting my whole lump sum back the next time you get paid? 
or do I get, you know, 100 a week or what what's the turnaround on this? Because essentially I'm helping you out when you really could have helped yourself out and you really could have got this done yourself. So for me, it was it was just very telling. And when I went through that experience, I was like, okay, I was like, yeah. So I definitely want someone who can manage their money and who can always take care of themselves. Like you're independent. And that doesn't mean like when we come together and we actually become a one and we get married and things that, you know, uh, I won't help you with the bills and more than likely we'll work that out have we work it out. But it's just very telling that you don't see the importance of paying your bills and you see more of the importance of getting your hair done or going out on vacation or getting the new mics. Like all these things take precedent over paying the bills, like your car note, your light bill, water bill. So it's very telling that you don't have that uh, financial literacy that I need. Like you're not savvy enough with your bills. You don't know how to manage your bills. You don't know how to change the date that your bills are due so they kind of reflect closer to the dates you get paid. None of that have you learned. So for me, it's be very frustrating because money is a sensitive topic. So once you start telling people who earned the money theirself and made it themselves, and you're not paying any of their current bills, when you try to lend advice like that, people get on the offensive. They're like, what are you doing? How could, why are you telling me about my bills? You're not paying none of my bills. Who cares if my bill is late? You know, who cares this? And I'm just like, I don't understand why you don't understand. But, you know, these are just some of the red flags. There's hundreds. These are just some that I noticed for me that doesn't work for me that were like big, like, oh, nope. And had I known these and had I thought about these and really analyzed, stepped outside and really you know, take a good look at patterns and trends of people I was dating. If I had noticed some of these things, I probably would have spent less time dealing with that person, less time getting to know that person, less heartache, because, you know, you generally enjoy these people company sometimes, depending on which red flag we're talking about. And sometimes you generally, you know, just get mentally drained by this person and it may be just a convenience thing that, hey, I've known you for so long, or I've known you, or we know each other from this or that, like, let's just try to make it work. When deep down, you see the red flags, you know the red flags, and you're just not paying them any mind. You know, it's just, oh, yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah, I know, I know she, you know, she's been a cashier for 12 years, but, you know, and I know it just eats me up inside that she doesn't want to want any more for herself and I can't want more for you than you want for yourself so you have to just be open and honest with yourself and who you are and people call it picky people call it uh uppity or uh, bougie or whatever but you just have to know what for you what you can and can't deal with. And some of those red flags for you should be telling signs like, hey, I've been down that road. I dated somebody codependent. Hey, I've been down that road. I dated somebody that was controlling. Hey, I've been down that road. I dated somebody that wasn't secure with themselves. Oh, I've been, I remember that, that young lady who didn't have enough ambition. I remember that young lady who put uh, outside activities and, and other stuff ahead of paying her bills first. 
So just to kind of recap, overall, when finding someone and looking for that one, look for the red flags. And when someone tells you something, make sure it matches to what they're doing. Because people will show you the left hand and the right hand is doing something completely different. Oh, yeah, I'm a good saver. I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a this, and I'm that. And every time y'all go out, their car declines. Or they got a sad story about this or that. We all have that friend, that family member who just always run into hard times. Like, we could have just got our taxes. Oh, man. You know, them people took my fucking tax money because I didn't pay the year before. It's just like, every time, like... Uh, it could be their birthday. Uh, you gave them some birthday money. Man, that birthday money. Man, I, you know, the weed man came by and, you know, it was my birthday, so I bought an ounce. Now, mind you, any other time you buy $20, but now all of a sudden you got your little extra birthday cash, you bought an ounce. And now the rest of your birthday, you ain't got no money to do any of the other activities you want to do. So it's just like, you know, you have to look at the flags are there. A lot of times you'll see them. You'll hear them and you'll see them and you just have to know them. And if you're okay with the red flag, you just have to know that deep down you'll hold some resentment and deep down you will hold some kind of anger or upset at yourself because you can't be upset at them because they told you or showed you who they were and you still proceeded on. So the only person you can really be upset with is yourself because you knew that these certain things were things that you couldn't deal with or maintain or manage with and you still proceeded on with the relationship. So just make sure that you're aware of red flags. Just figure out what are pet peeves or red flags for you. And even I would say even write them down, write them down. Have a little notebook of, okay, yeah, I definitely can't deal with this. I definitely can't deal with that. And just go from there. And the best thing with that is knowing them, understanding them, and knowing why you can't, like, it's a non-negotiable for you. Because a person could be very pretty. They could be smart. They could be funny. They could have a lot of great characteristics. But if they hit, you know some of your red flags that you know for sure you just can't deal with like for me codependency is like top on the list like you need to be able to have your own life we can come together and have a life together but you got to be able to do your own thing we don't need to work together we don't need to text all day we don't need to call all day we don't need to uh, fall asleep every night breathing on the phone or we don't need to be doing all of this nonsense because you can't be separate from me. We don't have to spend every day I work and every off day together. We don't. We are two individuals that are coming together to try to make a uh, us. But until that time comes, you're an individual, I'm an individual. I got a life, I got things going on. I have friends, I have family member outside of you. You should have friends, you should have family members outside of you. So just knowing your red flags, being aware of them, and be on the lookout because there's a lot of people roaming around here and just floating through life with these, with these red flags. And for some people, a red flag for me may not be a red flag for you. So maybe maybe you're the kind of person who wants their spouse to be always on top of them, always seeing what they're doing, always under them. 
you know, so a red flag for me, you can't go off my red flags. They are ones that are turns off for me. That doesn't mean it's not a turn off for you. Maybe those things are like, oh, cool. They under me 24-7. That's exactly what I need. That's exactly what I want. That's what I desire. So you can't base it off of someone else's. You just have to sit down, write down what are the things you definitely can't deal with, what are definitely turn offs, what are definitely things that uh, make you uncomfortable for whatever reason, and go off that. So I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, This is the first episode of many. Um, I definitely want to I'm definitely going to have other great ideas um, and coming up in the future. So I invite you to not only listen, but to share this podcast with a friend or family member. Uh, I'd like to get more involved in the in different topics. So definitely invite and share with whoever you feel could use this or just whoever just needs to uh, have a new fresh ideas and new ideas. And, and so overall, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the one finding the one. And I hope by um, listening to these podcasts, you're learning and you're learning about yourself and it makes dating for you easier. It makes um, relationships with you easier at all different levels, whether it be a friendship, whether it be uh, a relationship or whether it be a marriage. So um, that's my time. And I really hope that uh, you all come back for episode two.